Hello, and welcome back to Randomly Generated Conversations. I'm Wesley Sowers. I have my son, Bastian Sowers, with me. And today we have a special guest. My brother, Galen Sowers, will be joining us. Hello. This is the podcast where we take uh, randomly generated topics, and we see where the conversation goes from there. Remember that that this podcast is available on Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, as well as Spotify. If you're listening to it on Spotify, there's a poll that we would like you to participate in. usually relates to one of the topics that we talked about, as well as leave a comment. Let us know what we can do, what you like about it, and where we can improve. All right, so today's topics are, have you traveled to any different countries, and which ones? Camels. Dogs. What defines a sport? Is fishing a sport? How about video game tournaments? And what benefit do you bring to the group when you hang out with friends? All right, so have you traveled to any different com- countries and which ones? It should be an easy one for Bastion to start with. I don't know my countries. I failed <laughs> geography. <laughs> I didn't do the best in geography, so I don't really know. <laughs> so Traveling through New Mexico was not traveling to a different country. <laughs> Dang it. Um, no, you have. haven't traveled to any countries yet. I've traveled to England, to Canada, and to Mexico. Uh, how long have you uh, visited us for? I, I, a lot of the times, I know when we were kids, we went to Mexico, more to the border town, as well as to the borders of Canada. I don't know I've gone beyond those borders. It was within like 60 miles of the border <laughs> for okay. those two. But for England, I was over there for a couple of years. Oh, awesome. Um, what are some things that you may have liked or disliked about England? Um, nothing about the people or whatever, or everywhere there's, but what are some things that may have differed, whether it's climate or, uh, rules? It rains all the time there and coming from a desert, uh, getting used to raining all the time. Getting used to a wet stripe up your back when you're riding a bike. Oh, that doesn't sound very comfortable. (laughs) I can imagine that. I can imagine the cold is much worse. So being from a dry desert where we live now, even just spending time down in Dallas area, when it did get cold down there and it would rain, you didn't thaw out right away. Here in the desert, you go inside and it's like you weren't even outside. There, it just lingered in mm-hmm. your body with all the humidity and the wetness. Yes. Very much so. Uh, 70 degrees there is a lot different than 70 degrees here. Yes. 100%. It works both on both scales. The cold and the heat. Right? Mm-hmm. Once you have humidity and you add in the rain, uh, 100 degrees in Arizona is not the same as 100 degrees down in Houston. No. And 50 degrees in Dallas area is very different than 50 degrees here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine probably similar to that, maybe a little more extreme over there in England then, um, being that they're an island, correct? Correct. The other thing is the uh, majority of the population smokes. Or okay. They, or they did in the, the 90s when I was over there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that was... It was common over there, but that was a common thing in a lot of places. I remember going into restaurants and they am asking you if you wanted smoking or non-smoking seeds. Mm-hmm. And I would always wonder, 
who wants the smoking seats? <laughs> I mean, I can see if they're asking me if my meat, if I want my meat smoked or not, <laughs> but not to go over there and and sit and breathe in somebody's secondhand smoke. Even if you're a smoker, I don't understand, I guess, so that you can smoke while you're eating, but I still don't see an appeal to breathing in everybody else's smoke while you're there inside a restaurant. Yeah. And you haven't had to experience that much, no, right? I haven't. Probably the only place that you've been where there's really been smoking inside a building has been to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Within the casinos. Yeah, I've been... I was really young when that... Not really young, but I was younger. I remember, mm-hmm. like, parts of stuff. So. So that brings up another question. Is there any place here still... Where smoking is still allowed within a restaurant area or hospitality environment. It used to be that it was allowed in private clubs. I don't know if it still is. Okay. You know, where where you have to pay a cover to go in. Mm-hmm. It what? used to be, but I think the Indoor Clean, Clean Air Act, uh, I think we're as strict as California now to where no indoor establishment. Okay, I know... I know Utah's that way, but how about in the United States itself? Are there states that still allow smoking yes. in restaurants? Yeah. Or, or is it a nationwide Most change? states are moving away from it. Uh, and I think most restaurants are moving away from it. But uh, if you go into a bar and say you're going in there for whether a drink or whether for a meal, whatever, outside of Utah... A lot of bars still allow smoking. Right, but those are usually age-restricted establishments, too, though. Right. Um, as opposed to family-oriented restaurants. Right. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I haven't uh, looked up regulations lately. I just remember right. that's how it used to be, and then there's been a change. Um, I, don't think, I don't think that's just specific here to the, to the United States, no. either. I think that's kind of worldwide, as people are becoming more aware of... Uh, yeah. Cigarette smoke and everything. Mm-hmm. I know here in Utah we're pretty strict because we have distant regulations. You can't smoke within twenty five feet within twenty five feet of a building or an entrance to the building more mm-hmm. anything. I think that's the same as California. Okay. We our Utah laws are very much similar to California's clean air. Okay. That's probably what we modeled it after then. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the question about visiting other countries, I've only been up to the borders of Canada and down to the borders of Mexico. Um, I've been to some cities that feel like it's a different country. <laughs> um, <laughs> they just do things a little differently, and that's okay sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely... Love seeing different types of uh, culture, different types of uh, mentality, right? And so even though I haven't been um, down to another country, I have a wife that's from Mexico. And our whole family does Mexican folkloric dancing. So we get to experience these different pieces of the culture even here mm-hmm. um, in the United States. It's kind of cool to see that and let the kids still experience it. It's not the same as being down there. Not at all. Right. But we still get to have little bits of that culture. Um, 
Okay, gonna continue on this question a little bit before we move to the next one. What are some countries you would like to visit? Go back to Bastion. I don't know my countries. I'm trying to <laughs> think of some. Like, yeah, Japan. Japan's one I want to go to. It, um, like we've said in a prior episode, where's the restaurants that look, that were themed to different things, like You want to eat out of a toilet. No. (laughs) He just has to go to California for that. So after this episode, we did realize there was one in China, but there's also one right there in California where you could go eat out of a toilet. But yeah, themed restaurants. Like the themed restaurants, the Pokemon Cafe, the... Uh, Final Fantasy, the different city-state ones, those are ones I would like to go to. So, mm-hmm. Japan. Japan's definitely on my bucket list as well as a place to visit. Uh, I've had a lot of people that I've known that have visited there talk about wanting to go back, wanting to go visit again, and talk about how awesome it was. And so that's definitely one of the countries I want to go to. Uh, Mexico, of course, um, being that my wife is from Mexico. I want to go down there and experience some of the culture firsthand. I really enjoy learning languages and um, culture, and so that's something I, I want to do. Yeah, I'd like to tour throughout Europe. You know the different the different countries of Europe. That would be cool. I've um, I've heard some really cool things about that. You had a daughter that toured Europe, right? Yeah, uh, she went on a historical building tour. Uh, so it, they were looking at historical architecture uh, for one of her classes. And that's really cool. They have much older and much more historic architecture than we have here. It predates um, our entire, not this country, but the this the um, the European civilization that lives here and um, not just European civilization. So it, it predates the European settlement here in the United States um, or the America area. Um, that would be definitely pretty cool. She went there prior to Notre Dame being... No. But she went there right after. Right after. Okay. Uh, right after the fire. So wow. they actually... Notre Dame was on their itinerary. Wow. And the fire happened... And then I think she went the next month. <laughs> That's crazy. No one expected that. No. I read something that I don't know if it's true, but that said that they're going to try to restore Notre Dame if possible. They are trying. Mm-hmm. They are trying. Uh, one some of the big tri- trials that they've run into is the historic leaded glass, uh, because it's almost impossible to recreate it to the point that it used to be. Mm-hmm. And then paintings, of course. Right. Yeah, there's definitely parts they can't restore, but they're going to try to do the best that they can. Um, all right, moving on. Next topic, camels. I think that's the most random topic we've had so <laughs> far. Really? More random than... Justice. Um, <laughs> well, justice was random. Um, we had another animal that we talked about. Well, you talked about mosquitoes and rats. Well, yes, that too. The ninja fleas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so camels, right? 
filthy beasts. <laughs> yes. Having been spit on one, by one at a zoo. Ew. Families will like spit. That. Yeah, I've heard that they're spitting like sometimes it can go far. I heard llamas it's spit too. <laughs> well, llamas and camels, I believe, are related, right? I have no clue. Think by like a little bit, but I think llamas are also like related slightly to sheep because of their super like furry back. <laughs> so they cross a camel with a sheep, and you get a llama. <laughs> By the way, I'm not like a biologist or zoologist. That is not fact. <laughs> what do you mean? It's fact. We're just we're telling it right now, right here. But imagine, so camels, they can store water and food in um in their humps so that they don't have to drink for a while. Imagine if if you could do that, right? You know, you just had to drink like once a week or once every couple days, but you had to drink enough to store in a hump in your back all this water i don't have the hump but i do the other thing drink water once a week drink water once a week you should probably get that checked out right yeah i try to drink more water but like i've been able to be okay with that dehydration's a thing bastion so are kidney stones (laughs) yes no uh i think the resiliency of camels is amazing you know, uh, historically, you had, like, the Arabics that had horses and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But camels could much outlast a horse in harsh conditions. Right. They couldn't, they didn't have the speed that horses had. A lot of times, um, they would use horses because they could travel much faster. But yet, camels could carry much more weight and resist much more, like you were saying, the uh, the rough conditions. Um, and so that was definitely a pack animal of choice um, in the desert areas. Where in other areas it may have been like a mule or something. Um, mule wouldn't da- last that long out there in the, mm-hmm. in the deserts. So the only experience I've had with, that, with camels is at the zoo. Me too. Um, other than... Than seeing them on on shows or reading about them, one of my kids even did a research paper on the dromedary camel. Yeah, kill. <laughs> and um, so that's the extent that I have. I don't have any knowledge beyond there. Leading from camels, which some people may consider a pet, into dogs. I have a question with this one. Okay. Uh, and this could be a poll. Large dogs versus small dogs. Large dogs. Medium to large. If you get anything smaller than a medium dog, it's not a, it's not a dog, it's a rat. <laughs> it, it depends on on the size. So, okay, what do people define as small? What's defined as medium? What's defined as large? Okay. Yeah. We have a dog that I would consider medium, but some might consider small. Uh-huh. But when she has all her fur on, she definitely, to me, falls more in the medium category. But then we have a dog that some may put in the large category, but I still put in the medium category. So we had, 
for a period of time, a Great Dane uh, Mastiff mix. That was in the large category. Oh, yeah. So to <laughs> me, uh, Lab is not necessarily large. It would be more medium. Mm-hmm. But to people who have more your smaller, your Chihuahuas, your Pomeranians, your oh, Yorkies, geez. a Lab would be considered large for them. So... I guess when we're determining small, medium, and large, that's very much by the individual, it right? It is, because our dog is 15 pounds, you know, and he actually, if you buy dog clothes, he fits into a medium. <laughs> yeah, I would consider your dog borderline medium there mm-hmm. um, with the small end. But much bigger than him, I don't think I would go. Okay. You know, number one, they have a lot more energy the bigger that they get. And I've always thought the other way around. I've always thought Gosh, the bigger the they get, dogs. the less energy they have, and the smaller dogs are the ones yeah. who nonstop. <laughs> I mean, our bigger dog barely has any energy inside the house, and we'll just, like, like have all this energy outside only. Mm-hmm. She's two but, years old. Yeah. And... Terrified of new people. <laughs> You're terrified of new people. She loves to run around outside, but she gets inside the house and she'll just lay there. Our other one that's probably 12 years old, 11, Russ, 12 years our old. Our dog's 12. I think um, you got wet about the same time, right? Okay, probably. Yeah, so like 11, 12 years old. She still is full of energy even inside the house, running around, jumping around, everything. And so I've always seen it the opposite. However... There are exceptions. Labs are usually high-energy dogs. Boxers are usually goofy, high-energy dogs. At least in my opinion. Um, Dobermans, Dobermans, Rottweilers have a lot of energy. Right. But a Great Dane and Mastiff, yeah, Great Danes like to play, but for short bursts. I usually don't see them with endless energy. Usually afterwards, they just want to lounge around and be lazy. Um, Mastiffs, I always see them as lazy. They're just lazy little teddy bears. But then a Chihuahua on the other end. Or a Yorkie. Or a Yorkie. They don't know when to stop running. Or they don't know when to stop running their lungs. Either. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) So I guess it goes down to breed, too. Yeah. So what about the... Original dogs. Original dogs. I actually really love the look of the, you know, the Alsatians or the, which became the German Shepherds. Mm-hmm. The Alsatians is, is the smaller version, you know, before they were bred with the wolves to make them larger and stuff like that. But I actually love the look of the, you know, the Alsatians, the, you know, the wolf-like dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, reading something about, like, some older wolves, basically. There was some slightly, like, nicer wolves that would follow the humans sometimes for, like, protection stuff, for, like, food, that eventually they became domesticated, and that's how we got our first dogs and stuff like that. I remember reading something like that. Being pack animals, they would look for the pack that could provide for them the most. And with um, certain humans being hunters and everything and giving, providing for them, 
sometimes we would provide more than the pack would, mm-hmm. and therefore lead to domestication. I love the look of huskies. To me, they're a little too dominant of animals. Oh, yeah. Um, because they're very much pack animals. People have them and they love them. I wouldn't say I have the amount of time to, um, to dedicate to them. Um, because of the pack mentality. I have to agree. There. You know, just like I like the look of the Alsatians and the German Shepherds, I wouldn't have the energy to properly care for one. Right. Um, I think we're all mostly dog people here. Uh, I know in our family we grew up mostly as dog people. Um, I know one of my sisters has kind of joined the dark side and become a cat person. Very much. But cats could be a discussion for another day. <laughs> cats and guinea pigs. and <laughs> when we... Cats are cute, but I want to have one as a pet. Um, I went over to like my cousin's house, the one that they have the cats. I did get scratched by one of the cats, and that's painful. And like you have like a scar mm-hmm. from it for a couple of days. Where a dog, same thing. You'll still have the scar, but I mean, it's it's less painful. But the opinion. dog will love you afterwards. Mm-hmm. The cat mm-hmm. shows no regret. <laughs> the cat will even lick where it, or the dog will even lick where it. Right, trying to make you feel better. Yeah. Maybe, the cat just runs. Maybe next time we get the conversation of, like, evil creatures, then we could talk about cats. But <laughs> we're sticking with dogs right now. <laughs> All right, we're actually going to move away from dogs. Okay, so... This is a three-part. What defines a sport? Is fishing a sport? And how about video game tournaments? I would say what defines a sport is you actually actively doing something. Like, because you have where soccer is considered a sport. You're actively kicking the ball, actively, like, trying to get points and stuff like that. Like I said, actively doing something. Mm -hmm. Dance. I would consider a sport because you're actively dancing, unless you don't. But if you're actively dancing, and when you do performances, technically there's competitions for it, mm-hmm. like there is for different sports. So actively doing something. That's interesting, uh, and that goes along with the second one. You know, uh, the fishing a sport because fly fishing is considered a sport, mm-hmm. but regular fishing is not. Because you're not actively, you'll throw it in there for like, and then wait for a while and never get a bite. So you're not actively doing anything, basically. You're just waiting there for a while, and then something may bite, so you're reeling in. But that's not you just like actively doing something every single minute, throwing it back in, pulling, throwing it back in, pulling, like that. So regular fishing would not be considered a sport. Sport. I can see that. I, on the other hand would consider fishing a sport. I think sport comes down to, like you're saying, actively doing something, but also has it been determined to have some type of uh, competition built around it? Right. Um, even hunting is considered a sport, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there is competition there within the hunting field. Right. Shooting guns is considered a sport. Going to the range, whether it's guns or archery or whatever is still considered a sport. So I think fishing can be considered a Uh sport, even though I don't go out there looking to catch the biggest fish, even though the ones I catch are this big 
if you can see my arms, they're like as far apart as they can be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I probably catch the tiny little ones, right? I don't think um, they can see your arms. Um, <laughs> or the slapping people with a fish is a sport. So we were out there on a raft, my brother and I, and it's just the two of us barely fitting out on the raft, reeling in the fish. And as I pull it out of the water, it smacks him in the face. So what does he do? He catches a fish and then smacks me in the face with a fish. So I guess if you're going by fish smacking, that could be a sport. It's like throwing in the gauntlet, you know? Well, and you have professional uh, bass fishers, you know, Mm -hmm. and... To them, it's very much a sport. Right. You know, they actually get paid for it. You know, so, yeah, I would have to say, yes, it is a sport. Okay, so how about video game tournaments? I would count that as a sport. You want to why? Because technically, you're still actively pressing some buttons. And at school... Your thumbs get tired. At school, (laughs) we have um, eSports Club, which is basically... um, you doing a bunch of, like, games like Smash Bros and stuff like that. But it's... There's, like, different tournaments that you can actually do at school that give you different things. Like, you can... Not... Oh, my gosh. You can gain different things. Like, you can get... Uh, like, win things? Yeah, win prizes. things. Win different prizes. If you win... Let's just say at one point um, in... I think it was sixth grade... We did a little tournament of our set of our own, um, Smash Bros. Wise, and my friend said, "Whoever wins gets a shiny Eevee." Well, I won, and I saw my friend again after let's see three years, <laughs> and I told him, "Hey, I remember that you owe me a shiny Eevee," and he told me, "Oh yeah, my save data got deleted, so he still owes me one." Maybe someday. <laughs> Sometime. So, my thought on video game tournaments being a sport, I think there's a clarification between sports and esports. Mm-hmm. But if we're considering um, shooting, so uh, riflery or even archery right. as a sport, um, it's not necessarily something that physically getting you sweating right. either. It's something that requires focus and skill, and that's how a lot of these video game tournaments are. So I would consider them to fall under the eSport category, mm-hmm. um, as long as there's definition of the electronic sports. It's done virtually. You're not actively doing the acts yourself, but you're controlling it. It still requires a lot of skill. Right. Um, some eSports people have more skill and coordination than a full baseball team. Well, pool is considered a sport. True. You know, eight ball, nine ball, snooker, they're considered sports. Very much. You know, and you're not exerting yourself a lot. Mentally, you are. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of accuracy and there's a lot of things like this. So, you know, I don't think every sport has to be physical exertion, but it has to have an exertion of some sort. Okay, but then where do we draw the line then? So I'm going to go there. Okay, um... I was going to mention pinball, but I'll go, how about, (laughs) how about a spelling bee, right? So is that not a sport? That's a competition. You're mentally exerting yourself. So where do we draw the line as to what's a sport and what's not a sport? They have mathletes. They do have mathletes, (laughs) right? So is that a sport? So I think 
there has to be, I don't know. Here I just got done saying, oh yeah, I think video games is a sport because it takes these, um, the skill and everything if you're actually going to compete. I don't think a casual gamer's an athlete, right? No. Um, but I do think we have to draw a line because then we can say any type of competition activity. is a sport. Then we could say, well, um, spelling bee is a sport. We could say chess is a sport. Ten. Chess has a competition. There's a tournament, but I don't consider it a sport. I may be the only one here, by the way, you guys are looking at me, but I don't consider chess a sport. I consider it a sport because that's the only sport I can play, probably. Um, And what was your win ratio? I'm like, I don't remember. (laughs) I didn't do really well on my win ratio. But I would still count video games as a sport because they can do, like, how different football and soccer things do. Um, they're inter- they can sometimes do international stuff. Mm-hmm. Pokemon tournaments can go worldwide or international sometimes. That eventually goes down to, like, two people from who knows where. And if you win, you can win different things. Okay. I've heard that before. I don't know if that's... Not true, or if it's illegal, but we we will. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Now, I'm I'm the oldest of the group, and you know it's like I can remember back when, you know, there was a very clear distinction. You know, uh, that sports were only physical, mm-hmm. and if you didn't play the sports, then you were a, a nerd, nerd or geek or whatever right and that's that's kind of what i remember even back when i was a kid it was sports were they were for your athletic people your people that have the stamina or the strength or whatever and i think there's the evolution of that of realizing that yeah your dexterity and your strength is important but so is also the mental dexterity and the mental strength um, and that's where like pool comes into play, right? And we've even seen a little bit of an evolution, in my opinion, in some of the standard sports, mm-hmm. such as even basketball and football. They play a little differently than they did back when we were younger. I think a little more on the technical, a little more on the mental side mm-hmm. than they used to be. It used to be just you know, pure skill, and you'd have Michael Jordan Jordan dominating the whole NBA, um, where now I think it's a little more... Um, the whole team. Team-focused than it was at that point. Um, it's a dumb analogy, but kind of reminds me of like a and d thing, where you have your um, character sheet. Sure, your strength and dexterity might be good, but if you're like a bard, that's not all you want to put <laughs> everything into. You're gonna need to go into your skills, play with play into your skills, like, and you'll need that teamwork and stuff like that in D and D as in real and real life. That is totally true. Somebody who goes to the gym all the time and mm-hmm. is really strong doesn't mean they're gonna be a great golfer because right. golfer takes a whole different amount of finesse and a different type of strength than just straight brawn or a NASCAR driver. Mm-hmm. NASCAR's a sport. Yes, it is. 
um, but that uses a lot more your visual field and your reaction time. And so again, that mental dexterity. Is that more like a video game then? You know, so. I mean, kind of, I mean, there's driving games where um, you're looking at that, but uh, yet. (laughs) So would you class NASCAR in the same line as a video game tournament? Because it, yes, you're physically driving the car, but. Technically, in the video game tournament, say you're doing Gran Turismo or something like this, you're driving the car, you're just using a controller. So should we determine the difference between the eSport and, this is for our determination, I don't know what the legal definitions and determinations are out there, but for our eSport and regular sport is the amount of physical risk you're actually undertaking by way of doing it. So if I'm the difference between going out there and playing football or competing in Madden is if I'm actually out there, I risk any injury to myself as opposed to just injury to a digital character. If I'm driving NASCAR and I get into a wreck, I risk my own life, my own safety, as opposed to just some digital ones and zeros out there. That have injury, so maybe that could be the distinction here. Is within sports and the competition within sports, there's some physical input and some physical risk. Even when we get into pool, I may go and sprain my wrist because I'm trying to get a spin on the ball and end up pushing the um, the cue to hard or wrongly and i end up hurting my wrist so there's still even though it's tiny a little bit of physical risk there technically there's also the risk i mean if you make me mad i'm picking up the cue ball and throwing (laughs) (laughs) that that too i mean technically there is physical risk in video game tournaments carpal tunnel (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh somebody gets mad I chuck a remote at your head. I've never had this happen. <laughs> You've been before. playing with your brothers too long, or your brother too long. <laughs> I think no, you were the one I throwing think, it. No, <laughs> no, but I think that you can also get physical injury because I've actually been in a tournament where somebody's gone really mad that something's been thrown, or like they'll shut off the switch and just slam <laughs> it down so that this and that. But but that's not inherent risk into the activity right. itself. Sure. That would be like saying. Um, the inherent risk in a golf tournament is somebody getting mad and punching you there. That's kind of the, the outline. I was going to say hockey, but that is the inherent risk in hockey is the fact that a fight might break out. I was on a golf practice tee when I, uh, tore my rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. That was just practicing for golf. Yeah. A lot of people discount golf. They think, oh, it's not risky at all. Oh my gosh. It is. The movement of your body and everything. There's a lot of moving parts that you can hurt. I wish there was. Or maybe that's just because I'm getting older and don't know how to move. I wish there was like an Angry Birds game where. Not Angry Birds game, like a golf game where you could put like an Angry Bird face ball. Just like chuck the ball. Whee! I think there's a place. That's like a virtual golf place yes. where you could do stuff just like that. Like yeah. Top Golf or. Top Golf has an Angry Birds mode. Mm-hmm. My, uh. Your mother went and did that with her work. I want to go there. And she keeps saying she wants to take you guys, but we haven't gone. Yeah, she went and did that and did the Angry Bird mode. So, 
All right, for the sake of time, let's continue on to the next topic. So, what benefit do you bring to the group when you hang out with friends? I don't None. bring any. Okay, end of discussion. <laughs> I don't Just bring kidding. any. I'm the follower. Like, this may sound bad, but my friends are, like, doing not, like, something super stupid, but, like, joking around and being stupid. I'll jump in the joking around as long as it's not towards anybody. If it's towards somebody, I'll be like, hey, guys, it's not funny. But, um, so like, like the I'm the cricket? follower. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I'm, like, follower, the follower on the staff, but... Yeah, and I'm sort of the one that's like, okay, if this is going to go badly, I'm walking out. I don't want to be a witness, and I don't want to be an accomplice here. So, (laughs) well, technically it wouldn't be a bad thing to be like a witness if something happened to one of my friends. Some, like, kid just, like, drove in his car. Just, like, ends up by (laughs) us, gets out of his car, beats up my friend. I get a photo of, like, the license plate, so I go and, like, I don't know. (laughs) That's totally random. I'm a witness of that, and I have proof, so. I have ADHD, so I I just bring randomness. (laughs) Squirrel! (laughs) So what benefit do you bring? Why did we invite you here today? (laughs) I have no clue. Why are you important? Okay? And it's like, why are you important? Why should you be here? It's like a job interview. No, I think you know I'm very random about things. It's just the ADHD brain. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that could be a benefit you add to a group, right? Is um, you keep things fresh and lively and uh, keep the the randomness coming uh by this time i should have had enough time to think about this but i was listening to you guys so what benefit do you to bring to a group when you hang out with friends you have to have friends first oh (laughs) (laughs) and with that being said we appreciate you okay (laughs) i have a few (laughs) Your mom um, is not your friend. <laughs> Facebook says different. <laughs> no, I think... No, I know you're friends. <laughs> I think just... kind of listening and... I think humor as well. Even though most of it comes in the... Form of dad jokes. sarcasm or dad jokes, and some of it's very painful humor. I do think I add that to a situation. I kind of break the ice a little bit, um, especially when things start to get a little tense. Granted, sometimes I need to know when to lay off of the humor um, because I could just escalate the situation. But in other cases, I think it definitely helps to de-escalate. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining us today, Galen. Anytime. One more question? One last or comment. Or one last comment? I think what also what else I bring to the group is the snacks. Because seriously, I feel like I'm the one that's like always bringing like these snacks. Oh, I'll contribute, I'll contribute this and that, and I'm the only one bringing stuff. 
That's why you have to figure out what the people in the group don't like and then bring those. <laughs> and then they'll stop asking you to bring snacks because nobody wants to eat the snacks <laughs> that you bring. <laughs> Problem solved. More for me, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, this episode went a little bit long. We expected that having a guest on the show. Um, again, we invite you, if you enjoyed it, to follow the podcast, get notified of any new um, episodes coming out, as well as participate in the poll. Poll, give us your feedback, and we'll catch up with you next time. <laughs>